I believe this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before the decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture. But this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. That, of course, was American President J.F. Kennedy, 60 years ago now, in 1961, setting the pursuit of excellence on a grand scale, and in a way that was particularly effective for reasons that I want to explore with you. This series is titled Pursuing Excellence. And as always, I want to share with you some of the ideas I'm having about how you can walk that talk in your work or with your team, your clients, and in your organization. In the last episode, which if you haven't listened to, I encourage you to listen to because this has got some flow on from that. I talked about taking the opportunity to look externally and to really be curious about what other people are doing so that you can lift your standards about what excellence looks like. And this week, what I want to do is to focus on the power of having an ambition to fuel that pursuit of excellence. Because excellence, I think, is a lofty aspiration for all of us in some form or another. But sometimes it feels to me a little bit wishy-washy, and especially sometimes in the corporate environment. Or, God forbid, it gets reduced to that term, which I hate, but I have to acknowledge, which is consultant speak. So good word, but what does it really mean? And something that will tend to just fly over people's heads when it gets thrown around in an organization without too much care. Whereas ambition for me has got grit. And when I looked it up in the dictionary, which as some of you may know, is something that I like to do when I'm preparing for these podcasts, it means a strong desire to do or achieve something. Vision is the other word I thought about using, and those of you who know me well will know that early in my career I had a company called Corporate Vision, and I do love the concept of vision, but as I've worked with that and with other concepts and tried to turn them into practical reality, I actually think that ambition is more powerful. And what you'll be looking for if you're keen on pursuing excellence is something that is actually going to cause you and cause your people in your organization to achieve something that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to achieve. And that's why I think it's ambition that we need to look at, because it's vision plus energy. It's vision personified or personalized with drive. So what kind of ambition actually does drive a pursuit of excellence? And how can you articulate yours in a way where that will actually facilitate you and your people achieving something that otherwise wouldn't be possible and really achieving excellence in some form. Now, working with many organizations, many different leaders, I've actually found there are three types. So let's get practical for a moment. The first type is, as the word suggests, to be the first to do something. 
to go where no one has trodden before. In mountaineering, they may say this literally, right? The first ascent, the first winter ascent, the first ascent without oxygen. And to do that, of course, certainly you need to pursue excellence. I've been inspired recently by watching on Netflix something called Inside Bill's Brain, which is some episodes about Bill Gates and what he's been doing since he pulled back from Microsoft. And one episode describes his ambition to build a sanitation system that didn't require fresh water or electricity, and so therefore could be standalone and transported anywhere in the world to stop dysentery and other killer diseases. And then there was a whole piece about what that ambition was doing in terms of the degree of innovation and creativity and, and solving problems that was resulting in the pursuit of such an excellent aspiration. So that's what I mean by being the first and immediately what can be done in your sphere, what can be done in my sphere that you could be the first at? Is that relevant for you? What does it mean? Second, I think, worthy of examination is an ambition that is about being the best. Now, for me personally, what that's meant has been a 20-year pursuit of how to build a clearer, more practical, more doable method to change a culture. And every month, every year, refinements are being made by me and our team, learning from working with different organizations, improving both in the method and in how we would pass that on to people inside organizations so that they can ensure that it'll be sustainable. But that ambition has clearly in my own personal career, led to this continual improvement that I'm hoping gets us closer and closer to excellence. So usually an ambition that is about being the best has as its measurement or has to have as its measurement an acknowledgement by others who actually have got the ability to compare. Because I think in that instance, just saying, well, I think I'm the best isn't enough. So reputation is very important in whatever format. I remember an early metric I used to have early in my career was that people who really mattered would respond to my mails, would return my phone calls. And now they mostly do that. And, and I think back to that ambitious young woman that I was and remember what a huge step that felt to me at the time, that metric that people would value my work enough to return phone calls. And that was an early metric for me along an ambition that then taken me a long way around this concept of wanting to be the best at something. The third type, I think, of ambition that's worth looking at is one that has more quantifiable dimension. So zero fatalities, for example, if you're pursuing safety or doubling the number of people who have access to your product or who use your product, or even under certain circumstances, double-digit EBITDA growth in an environment where that's a long way from where you've been. So that third type is not dependent on being the best or being the first. So it's not really comparative to other people, but it rather represents something which for you, where you are now, would absolutely set you in the pursuit of excellence. So those are the three, first, best, and a quantifiable number. 
So now let's come back to Kennedy's ambition and why I think that it has been recognized as one of the most powerful statements of its kind. Hear it again. Before the decade is out, to land a man on the moon and bring him back safely. I have to say, just as an aside, that the first thing that comes to my mind is the incredible ambition that those early feminist pioneers had because they were pursuing a standard of such excellence that would mean that an ambition to describe what a man would do rather than what a person would do would simply not exist anymore. And I think today one could say that that's the case. So let's put that one aside for a moment and go on to go back to Kennedy's word, which was that he would put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And what I realized is that it actually captured all three types of ambition in one statement, because there was a quantifiable piece, because it was by the end of the decade. It was first because no one had done it, no one had landed on the moon, sorry, no one had put a man on the moon. And then it was the best because it was motivated by his desire to actually build better space engineering and better technology than others, especially the Russians. So the pursuit of excellence that followed then through all of the innovation and invention and creativity that was needed, as well as that dogged determination to capture the imagination of the American people to the extent that they were willing to continue to support NASA funding, all came out, I think, of the power of that particularly well-crafted ambition to actually motivate and drive towards excellence. So here's an exercise for you to consider, alone or with your team. What does excellent represent to you? What is excellence in your world, in your life, in your work, in your context? And let yourself brainstorm that question for a while. Just think it over. Don't necessarily rush that. And then when you feel ready, here's the second question, which is, which is the best ambition to capture that vision of excellence and to give it more drive, more tangibility, more urgency, more grit? Is it to be the first at something? Is it to be the best at something? Or is it to reach a quantifiable number that represents something? Or a mixture of one, two, three of those? Which do you think will best drive you or drive your team forward on those crucial early steps? Because remember, ambitions can be later revised. As you move down an excellent path, your understanding of what that means will expand. The outside world will move ahead. Your own self-belief will grow. What you thought was impossible becomes possible. So define the ambition as big as you can from your current worldview and set that tangible element in such a way that it will shake up your thinking, that it will propel you further than you were before, that it will be a quantum jump, not just an incremental jump. And then enjoy the process because expanding what you think is possible and then describing that tangibly then becomes this key element to pursuing excellence. So until next time, when we will look at a final element of the pursuit of excellence, I wish you will in that exercise and in that thinking. Go with your ambitions.